Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering Art of Intuitive Reading. And my newest book is Twist Your Fate, Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 235 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is misconceptions about tarot readers and my special guest is michael herkes also known as the glam witch and the author of astrology for witches enhance your ritual spells and practices with the magic of the cosmos and actually many more books welcome michael thank you for having me well i am i you know when i when i was thinking about this topic you are like the person i wanted to talk about because oh, i perfect. know you've been reading tarot for a while and yeah. i know that you know as well as i do there are a lot of misconceptions about tarot cards but also there are so mm. many mistaken beliefs the public has about tarot readers so yes. first of all what i'd like to start off by talking about are what are some of the stereotypes that you see depicted on popular media which are so off the mark. <laughs> um, I would say that <clears throat> one of the big ones I've I've noticed is kind of that the the tarot reader is always someone that's kind of connected to the circus or some kind of traveling fair. Uh, very, um, I guess you'd say, kind of bohemianish or or something along those lines, and um, and kind of always kind of dressed to be kind of a hokey kind of a way. Yeah. They always think we're going to be in a costume. You know, I remember back in the day when I used to read for the public, mm -hmm. um, there would be people who would want to hire me for an event and they would say, you know, can you wear a fortune teller costume? And I'm like, uh, I don't do costumes. <laughs> that is such a stereotype. But a lot of people, again, every time you see it in popular media, they also have the dangly earrings, the scarves, all of that stuff. And I mean, most tarot readers are not wearing that. Most aren't. I kind of do sometimes, though. I mean, I might not be the best one for the uh, the aesthetic um, approach because I. I mean, of course, I always have a costume on. I mean, I, I look at life as a, a new costume every day. So um, I think in some ways, uh, when clients come to me, uh, they kind of do get some of that. Ooh, like this is magical and glamorous and what's up with the sequins and and fur and dangling earrings and all of that type of stuff so i kind of do play on that a little bit but it's it's also not for show it's not necessarily for that it, it is kind of my life i i kind of present that way on a daily basis so i think it's a little different well you are the glam witch i would not expect you to show up in a, like a house dress and curlers <laughs> i mean <laughs> we'd be expecting you no, to show up looking the best i have done like on the phone tarot read readings like that for clients though not gonna lie <laughs> that's so funny but uh <laughs> you know i think sometimes <laughs> i think sometimes people are disappointed or we're disappointed over the years when you know they would be coming to me and seeing that i wear very very simple black things and mm -hmm. my whole idea was always that well this is like a hairdresser i don't want the attention on me however mm. i think you know sometimes again you're right uh some glitz and sequins can add a bit of magic to it to the Absolutely. experience but i think some of the stereotype of the fortune teller costume is really pretty unfortunate because Mm -hmm. That that is not the way most of us dress. Correct. 
So one of the other things that I hear a lot, and I'm sure you have too, and we can now thank Instagram for perpetuating this, is oh, that gosh. a lot of people assume that tarot readers are con artists. Like they are going mm. to somehow bilk you out of money and mm-hmm. they're going to tell you you have a curse on you and you have to give them all the money to give to get this curse off of you. And I know there are some people who do do that, but that is actually the minority, not the majority. Don't you agree? I do agree on that. And I, I'm sure it also doesn't help that, uh, especially you and I, have a, a very long list of imposter accounts who are out here trying to use our images to steal people's money and stuff that way. But um, but I, I do agree. I think that that there is some of that thought especially if you do like readings at parties like i i've done event tarot reading and um you know i it's not my favorite thing to do i like to go places where people have the freedom to come up if they want it or they don't they don't come to me thinking that like i'm entertainment and i'm trying to you know lure money out of them in some kind of a way or i'm just going to say something that's so generic that uh they might believe it and give me more money or something along those lines yeah, and you know, the the whole Instagram thing has really been hard for our industry because, you know, there's already that mm-hmm. stigma that people do again have that stereotype that we're all like telling them they got a curse on them. And these imposters on Instagram are actually perpetuating that by pretending to, pretending to be us. I've had people tell me that yeah. they've actually fallen for the scam thinking it was me, and then the person started telling them they had a curse on them and they needed more money. I mean, it yeah. is that stereotype unfortunately does exist. But again, mm-hmm. it is the minority. I don't think it is most of us. But I got to tell you, Instagram has really perpetuated that in a way that I could never imagine it coming back like this in such a big way. Absolutely. And I don't know if they're going to do anything about it, but they need <clears throat> to do something about it. They want to protect users on their platform, but also to protect tarot readers and astrologers and other mystical folks. Absolutely. So I've got to tell you a story. You mentioned events. Many, many years ago, I did a party, and there was a guy who sat down, and this guy was actually a doctor. And he looked at my little tip jar and my tarot cards, and he said, you know, what I need to do is I need to get me a deck of tarot cards and a tip jar so I can make as much money as you. And I I was so shocked. This guy was... I know, and this guy was actually a neurologist. He he gave me his business card. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to be doing business with this dude. But anyhow, no, there is this stereotype that being a tarot reader is easy money. That's super easy oh. to make money. I want to know what you think about that. Um, I wholeheartedly disagree. Um, it it's a it's a job like anything else. Um, I, I think that there are different ways that tarot readers do read. Like for me, myself is I always, I I'll give you my spiel that I give somebody when, when they come down, I always say that I'm like a much more fabulous weatherman. I'm just reading the energetic highs and lows of what they're giving off. So it is energy reading. And you know, I, that takes energy out of me to do. So number one, number two, um, you know, it is a little bit of a, you know, if you just kind of sit at the back of a bar and you're the tarot reader there and you're not engaging with people, I mean, how are they going to know that you're worthwhile? How are they going to know that they need to come to you? So just like everybody, there has to be some kind of flavor of marketing and sales and pitching and stuff involved in it too, in order to actually get clients. So there, there is, it's not easy at all by any means. 
Mm -mm. It is not easy work. No, I don't think it's easy at all because it is a business. And running a business, I don't care what kind of business you're you're doing, whether you're a tarot reader, a dog walker, uh, CEO of some, you know, pharmaceutical company, it is still Mm -hmm. a job, like you said, and it requires work. And also with tarot, I mean, you are showing up, you are being present for people, you are still taking Mm -hmm. classes and learning your craft, Um, you know, you have to pay your taxes, all of that stuff comes into running a business. And also dealing with the public is difficult. I think, oh my God, sometimes the public can be incredibly brutal and unforgiving. Sometimes people also have really deep issues that maybe we are not entirely equipped to deal with and we have to steer them in the right direction. There's lots of things that make this work actually very hard. Absolutely. And I think too, I mean, there's been so many times people will leave a reading for me and they just are like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just had like a metaphysical therapy session. And I'm like, yes, actually, in some ways, I mean, we're not therapists. I want to put that out there. We're not like, you have to actually go and and do the the real work uh, on top of the metaphysical stuff too. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it's a lot. And of course, yes, guiding, guiding someone through something, especially if they're having a moment of trauma or something is, is challenging in and of itself. Um, so I totally agree with that. Yeah. And you know, the other thing, um, you know, when you start thinking about dealing with the public too, again, getting back to the misconception of easy money, I think there Mm -hmm. are some also newer readers who maybe have picked up a book. They assume that this is again, easy money. They go into the field and then they're dealing with people with real issues and they can lead to a lot of damage because again, this whole thing about this being easy work, whether it is the public assuming we're just laying around eating bonbons, tossing a few cards or people mm-hmm. trying to come into the industry because they assume it's going to be a fast way to make cash. It's really harmful to the people who might come to us. And it's also very harmful for the reputation of people who this is their life work. Well, that's a, that's a good point too. And I think, um, you know, one thing I, I'd like to mention too, is just when you go out into the public and you put yourself and present yourself there, whether it's at a festival or you're just doing private readings for people or, you know, whatever it could be. I mean, you really don't know what you're going to get. So you, I've had multiple times where I've had very aggressive individuals come at me. Um, and maybe this is, I would say this is another stereotype too, where we like, they're like proved to me that, you know, something like mm-hmm. uh, we we're here to prove ourselves in some capacity in some way. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. Uh, and I think too, because I do a lot of terror readings in a bar, it's also, you're dealing with people who are intoxicated. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there can be a lot of interesting individuals that come up to you and um, and you have to navigate that in a, a very delicate way. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting, too, that you brought up about people who get aggressive and want you to prove <clears> something. <throat> I think this is another misconception that people assume that every tarot reader is a psychic and every tarot reader can read your mind. Oh. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention as well. And I have to put a big disclaimer there sometimes too. It's like, I'm not like a medium because a lot of people will be like, oh, can you talk to my grandfather? No, like that's, there are some tarot readers who are mediums. I am not. I mean, it, and the media doesn't help that either because I think that there's a lot of shows and there's been a lot of movies that kind of showcase uh, the, the combination of mediumship with tarot. Yeah, and so then people make assumptions, again, that we Mm -hmm. are all going to be able to talk to their grandmother who's been passed on. And Mm -hmm. the thing about reading minds or guessing these really obscure things, I think is 
bizarre. I mean, I had a guy yeah. once who said, okay, now I need you to prove something. No psychic has ever been able to prove this. I need you to tell me which one of my parents is still living and what month I was born in and some other obscure, stupid thing. And I'm like, what kind of game is this? You know, it was yeah. obvious that this is not somebody who really wants help. This is somebody mm -hmm. who wants a dog and pony show. This is someone who felt really, you know, maybe threatened or really wanted an aggressive answer. And again, we, mm -hmm. we can blame this all on those stereotypes. Absolutely. <clears throat> so another stereotype that I hear is that everyone assumes we're all witches. Ah, Yes. And I used to have that where people would say, oh, I had to come and see you. I, I told everyone I'm coming to see the witch. I'm like, well, I'm really not a witch. You know, I don't prescribe mm -hmm. to anything. And, you know, there are many tarot readers who maybe they're pagans or they're witches or maybe they're whatever. But I think that is also an assumption that people have. What do you what do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, so since I am a witch, I I don't necessarily see that as much um, just from my personal experience, because if they make that assumption, I guess I play into it. Um, I But I can see where that happens. I can definitely see where um, other friends of mine are, might be like, oh, well, you know, let me introduce you to this tarot reader. I know you're going to love them because they're a wit like you're they're like you. And that's not the case. And so um, I, yeah, I can get on board with that, too. Yeah, well, you are the glam witch, so of course they're going to make that assumption. But, you know, I've met, <laughs> I've met tarot readers from every sort of belief system. I've met mm -hmm. tarot readers who are, you know, Christians. I've met tarot readers Absolutely. who are, you know, into the left-hand path. I mean, there are so many different types of belief systems, and I don't think you can put everybody or pigeonhole everybody into the witch category because some people aren't into that. Correct. Yeah. It's not a good assumption to make. So another misconception is that we're all spooky. <laughs> now, yeah. I found this was mostly in my dating life more than like dealing with clients. Like I would meet some dude and like, oh, you're in the tarot. E, ooh, you're spooky. You're going to be scary. You know, they would assume that it would be something negative. Like I'm going to predict their de their date of death or something. Have you yeah. encountered people like that? Well, I've I would say that was actually going to be one of my um, misconceptions too. Is that we all know when you're going to die, and we're all, we all know all this horrible stuff. And don't tell me any of the bad things. But um, I have had uh, in my dating life some instances where they thought that I would be a scary, spooky individual, or um, even sometimes when I've been at festivals or other events, and people just kind of make comments that I break the normal stereotype of what they would imagine a tarot reader looks like. I don't look spooky. I'm not gothic looking. I'm wearing pink neon and, and feather boas and, and, you know, the bright, fabulous, glamorous colors. Um, so I, yeah, I agree with that as well. Well, you know, I used to be totally into the goth thing and I still wear a lot of black and all that, but uh, you know, never, I would never consider myself super spooky, but again, People see those misconceptions. They assume we're going to be reading their mind, levitating, wearing all black, having a skull mm -hmm. in one hand. That's the other stereotype. And it's like, uh, no, we're not all into Elvira. Or have you had, like, I've had the stereotype too, where people are like, you know, I just flip the cards, I do the things for them, and they're like, that's it? Like, we expected you to, like, 
to to shake and and have a little uh, a crazy moment and spin around and I'm like no that's Hollywood that's not real life. <laughs> yes, it's like no, my head does not spin. I'm not going to talk yeah. in a different voice. I'm not going to go into a trance. It's not like mm-hmm. that. I mean, maybe there are some readers that do, but yeah, I've had people who are under impressed because there's not a big show. They're mm-hmm. expecting that because of the media. And you know, and you mentioned too. You said something about um, people like. Don't tell me anything negative. Have you yeah. ever had this where people, they assume there's going to be something negative, And if yes. it doesn't come up in the reading, then they think somehow the reading wasn't very good. Yeah, absolutely. All the time. I mean, that's ridiculous. I remember one time many years ago, a guy said, do you always tell everyone positive things? I'm like, uh, no, the people get really quote unquote bad readings are probably doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing. Looks like you're pretty mm-hmm. squared away here. You're doing okay. This is a good reading. Be happy. But that made him feel like somehow, because again, media is always showing the death card and, oh, Mr. Bond, you're going to die and all of that. And if you don't do that oh, yeah. in the reading, I think people assume then that you're not telling them something you're holding back. Mm, yes. Um, another one that I have, and maybe it's actually more of a tarot reading rather than tarot readers, but I get it a lot that where people assume that we as readers, all of us uh, read reversals and that's not true. Cause I not true. <laughs> not, and I yeah. do. Every okay. reader is there different. I mean, that that's Absolutely. a perfect example. We are, we read very differently. People assume mm-hmm. if you're not turning them upside down, you know, this is not going to be a good reading, but some of the best readings I've had are readers that do not use reversals. That is up to preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's funny too because I think that the more people that are involved in Instagram, witch talk, even just you know television, they're, they're seeing this now because a lot of people keep asking. They're like, "Oh well, that's reverse. Doesn't that mean something bad?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> I know. No. You know, everybody wants to again. It's that really like. I, I here we go back to the media. They're expecting a show. They're expecting a negative experience. They're expecting we're giving mm-hmm. them a date of death. They're expecting we're going to be spooky. Our heads are going to spin. We're all yeah. in black. We've got claws. I mean, it really is kind of funny when you start laying down all these things. They're actually quite negative. And when most people come to a tarot reading, at least in my experience, they usually walk out saying, I feel a lot better now. Same. And I, I feel like they come into it like it's a doctor. It's yes. like they're they're expecting the worst news in the world. I always like whenever I have someone who is showcasing that I'm like honestly, like I'm I'm so much less scary than your doctor. <laughs> like it's right gonna on. be easy. Trust me. <laughs> and and you know, it, it is interesting too because sometimes in readings negative things do come up. But a tarot Absolutely. reader is not about saying, Well, you're screwed by. We're always about solutions. And I don't think that's what the public understands that when that's it comes a great to doing point. Yeah, when it comes to doing readings, you know, we're looking for not just where we where the client may be going, but how to find mm-hmm. the best route. Most readers I know aren't going to say, well, this is the future. It looks terrible. It's going to be like, now, wait a minute. It looks like you're on the wrong path. Let's see mm-hmm. if we can turn this around and get you steered right. So I, I've never, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a reading where somebody was like, well, this is your future and you have no choice. I've never had that experience. Yes. And I always make that preference to, uh, or preface when I uh, 
before I give a reading, you know, the whole reason I'm doing it, which which is one of the reasons why I do the whole weatherman metaphor in the beginning too, is that this is a forecast. This is what your energy is looking at like right now. I believe in free will. I believe you're you're getting this forecast so that even even like what you say, um, be prepared, not scared. This is this is what's coming up. So now you have the tools and resources to make changes so that it can go a different route. Um, and that's up to the individual client to then make. And it's so empowering because I think a lot of people also, this is an assumption, not just about tarot, but I think a lot of people assume that they don't have choices, they don't have options, that they're just stuck with the life they've mm -hmm. been given and they cannot turn things around. And I think us tarot readers are here to help them see, actually, you can turn it around. You are powerful. And I think our work is really all about helping and empowering, not any of the uh, spooky crap that we see on the TV. No. And another stereotype that I've seen and and have been subject to is individuals who think that like, we are the ones that are doing this. Like if there is going to be like a tower card or something, something negative that we have to talk about, it's literally us as witches or whatever they think that we are projecting that on them, that we're casting this spell into their life. I mean, even positive readings, that if it's like a beautiful love reading where it's like, oh my gosh, you're going to find somebody. Oh, oh, well, the glam witch over there just did this love spell for me. No, I did not. Let's let's not st start saying that. Um, but, but I do notice that as well, where it's kind of like the, we're the ones that are manipulating it when really we're just the reader that is trying to translate what's going on in your life. Right. And ultimately people are living their lives on their own. We don't have any, we don't have any power. Everyone has agency and we're certainly mm -hmm. not, I mean, first of all, uh, back in the day when I read, I was a high volume reader. There's no way I'd be able to cast that many spells. <laughs> no. I mean, really uh, on a logistical could thing. Could you imagine? Oh my God. We would be so drained. My whole place would be filled with candles and that is not going to happen. No. at all so that is <laughs> yeah that is such a weird stereotype but i know i you know that reminds me many years ago i had a guy he got a reading for me he, this guy was a big time gambler now first of all i'm not okay. into gambling but this one time he got a reading and said oh it, the wheel of fortune reverse looks like your luck might be running out you should pull back don't gamble for a while well anyhow mm -hmm. what did he do he kept gambling and losing money so he started saying that i caused it it's like oh, dude gosh. i was warning you I was warning you not to gamble. I wasn't causing your unlucky streak. But that really that is really exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any I other think it all the time. Oh yeah, it's so weird. Any other stereotypes that you've heard that you want to clear up right now? Oh my gosh, I think it's about all of them. Um you had mentioned some of the big ones that I had wanted to bring up about um the mediumship and uh, the, the fast money. money. Yep. Those are all. And, and you know, also when you think about the fast money, I want to go back to that for one second. I think mm -hmm. people assume this work, it's easy to learn tarot. Mm -hmm. And you know, as well as I do, tarot takes a lifetime to master. You never master. Oh, of course. It. I'm still learning something new, watching your fabulous little shows in the morning. So it's like, you know, we, we're always growing. Same with astrology, too. I mean, we can study for a lifetime and never have it completely down. But I always tell people, too, if I'm giving them advice on, like, learning how to read, like, learning the definitions of the card is literally, like, 
one one component of it. Another is really tuning into your intuition and and trusting that feeling that's coming in right now. Like there's been so many times where I've had a card and you know, I'm it it maybe means one thing, but I'm getting a very strong different reaction to it. Um, that's unique to the individual and it's it's relevant to the surrounding cards and things like that. So um there's there's a lot of different uh components at hand to determine what it means. And um there's always I also don't think that there's ever a right or wrong answer. And I think sometimes uh especially new readers think that they have to be right, if you know what I'm trying to say. Like um and I, I don't agree with that. I am with you 100%. I'm like nodding my head. People can't see that right now. And, you know, you're right. When it comes to learning this stuff, it, you know, there's so much you learn from experience and from reading for different people and different questions and different backgrounds and years and years of looking at astrology charts or looking at those cards. It's always going to turn up in ways that surprise you, even when you think you've got it down. I've been Mm -hmm. studying tarot and astrology. And notice what I'm saying, studying for over 40 years, and I still am uncovering things. I'm like, that blow my mind. I'm like, I can't believe I never thought of that, or that interpretation, or, mm-hmm. or oh my God, this spread is so unique. So yep. there is, I mean, there is a wealth of things that I think people who assume taking a six-week class or reading a book, and now they're ready to go out into the world and be a pro, they're they're missing the mark. You need that experience before you go pro. And even after you go pro, you're still going to gather experience and you still should take classes because it really is a lifetime. It's a craft for us. For those of us who take it seriously, it's a craft, not just some goofy thing we do on the weekend. Exactly. Absolutely. I always say that too, because so I, I grew up and was an artist, you know, I just inherited the gift from my mother who was very skilled illustrator. And, um, you know, even though I had the skill, I have to practice at it. I mean, I stopped for a couple of years and then I took an art class and it was like, I completely forgot how to hold a pencil and do the things that I needed to do. So, I mean, even if it is something that we're, it's like a gift of ours, we do have to continuously massage it and work with it in order to, to grow and get better. Yep. It is a lifetime indeed. Now, speaking of Lifetime, you have been putting out a lifetime of books in a very short span. I mean, if you and I are having a contest, how many books we can get out, uh, we are certainly running neck to neck here. I'm very We're going to be neck to neck next year. We are. <laughs> I, I'm loving that. And you've got this new book, Astrology for Witches. I want to know the inspiration behind this. This is so fascinating to me. Well, so I, I've always been kind of fascinated by astrology and, but I I never understood it (laughs) until semi-recently, I would say maybe five years or so ago, I finally had, I I got together with an astrologist and booked a reading and uh, they just somehow broke it down to the part where it made so much sense. And because I am a witch and I knew like where we're talking about planetary hours and doing things on certain days. And like, I knew kind of a bit of that, but I never really kind of understood how magical or or how my magic could be enhanced by working with astrology more because it just was a language that I couldn't speak. And so in 
kind of discovering that myself and and kind of learning it in my own way, I wanted to translate that to other witches because I know get any kind of new agey metaphysical folk together. The first thing within the first five minutes, we're all going to be comparing our, our big three, our, our sun, moon and rising. Um, and, uh, but that usually kind of seems to be the plateau um, for witches. So I wanted to give them something that was digestible um, to really kind of incorporate magic into their their practice. So the first half of the book kind of explores, of course, all of the different signs, all of the different houses, uh, as well as how you actually find your birth chart and different ways that you can interpret it. And then the second half goes into planetary magic. So there's a, a chapter for every single planet. And so then in those, there's going to be a meditation for each one of the planets. Um, I want to say about three spells and then a, a, a chart that goes over transits and how you would work with transits to kind of create your own spell craft um, when something's maybe in Aries or the first house or, you know, it's <clears throat> you wanted to do some kind of love magic. So you'd want to look and see where Venus was. Uh, or Horus and Libra were, something along those lines. So it kind of gives the readers some inspiration to craft their own astrological magic along the way as well. I think that's really brilliant. And, you know, uh, I love astrology, I love spellcraft, all of that. And the one thing I will say is that your writing is very accessible. You really you. explain things in a way where anybody at any level can understand and really work with your uh, wisdom in a very practical way. So I really appreciate that you're putting out this information and you're doing it in a non-intimidating way. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I really appreciate that. And the one thing you did say it, that is a stereotype that I'm going to say it is a stereotype. You said when mystical people get together, we're always right away talking about our big three. <laughs> and all well, those see, you know, it, it, some stereotypes are talking true. About stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and what were we doing the first time we met in Chicago? We started we're right away. about that. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> y'all, everyone who's listening, that misconception isn't a misconception. That is the first thing all mystical people do when we connect. It really is. <laughs> so, Michael, it has been so wonderful to connect with you again and to talk about this well. topic. I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom uh, with my audience. and. You know, you are just so magical. Of course, you are too. I I just adore you, and I'm so thrilled to be here, uh, as always. Well, I am thrilled that you were making time for me. All right, people. So you know what you're going to do? You're going to go out and you're going to get a copy of Michael's latest book. This con uh, the book is Astrology for Witches, Enhance Your Ritual Spells and Practices with the Magic of the Cosmos. Michael's got a ton of other books out there. So make sure you go and peruse his entire collection. You're probably going to want to buy them all because there is something for everybody and for every magical person. You're going to find many, many subjects to Check out many subjects you're going to love. And again, it's all explained in a way that's super accessible. All right, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. Michael, where's your website so people can find you? It is www.theglamwitch.com, and that's the best way to go to either my Facebook or my Instagram and actually get the correct account to follow.
<laughs> yes, there are there are other glam witches. They are wannabe glam witches. This is the real glam wannabe. witch. Yes, yeah, yeah. so make sure you do follow the glam witch Michael Herkus on Instagram. The pictures are just stunning, and you're going to learn a lot too. All right, people. Well, again, thanks again for listening. Have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're digging the podcast. I would love nothing more than if you would head on over to iTunes and leave a kind review. That will help more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close up by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>